0: Colossians, sorry, let me introduce myself. For those who do not know me, my name is Milo. Uh, My wife, Alison, and myself, we have the privilege of leading Prodeo. And uh, we are currently in a series called Colossians Family Vibes. And one thing that you will notice, and something that I say often is, as a church, all we want to do is have conversations with people. Uh, It's because I don't get enough time at home to talk. To grown-ups, because I have kids at a very young age that do most of the talking and I just have to answer yes. So I love having conversations, and what we want to do within our church is start a conversation with whoever. Because if you want to know someone, if you want to know something, it all starts with a conversation. If you relationships start with a conversation, except with us, I stalk to you. That's uh, before you knew it, we were married, and it was okay, and that's the end of the story. So, But it doesn't matter where we are, whether it be a mall, whether it be school, whether it be at work, we believe that conversations is a really good tool to start a journey of faith with someone, because we never know where they are. We don't; They don't know where we are on our journey, and it's a conversation that can take us to wherever we go. So today, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. Uh, whenever we come upstairs, actually, it's not whenever we come upstairs, but whenever I want to do something different, this is the venue that, you know, God allows us to do it because it becomes so much more intimate, okay? Um, the guys on the couches, I hope you guys are the most comfortable. It's like the, the late comers. I'm just saying, no, I'm just joking. So before we get started and, and I tell you how things are going to run, let us jump into today's passage. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, finally. Guys, 10 weeks of a four-chapter book, and uh, we still got more weeks to come, so um, let's get into today's one. Colossians 4, we're going to be reading from verse 2. It says, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everything. I'm not going to preach to you guys today, but we are going to have a message, and I encourage everybody to take notes. Um, Today's message I have titled, Let's Talk, and uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently, so hence the reasons we got the couches. So um, let me ask this question, if you were born after the year 2000, you probably, if I say the word maps, you think Google immediately right? But if you were born before 2000 and you had to go anywhere, we didn't have a cell phone that you could just pick up and punch in an address and it would take you there. You, We had this thing, it was a book with photos and pictures of different parts of the country and wherever you needed to go, you needed to take this book with you or a piece of paper and open it up. This is where Marriage counseling actually started. I believe maps were the reason we have um, um, like relationship issues. Because I remember, you know, my dad would always drive. My mom would read the maps. And whenever we leave, everybody would go into time of prayer and fasting. Because you know it was going to be, hey, hey, we're going the wrong way. But in any case, so we had these books, these maps. And sometimes you know where you are going. But then you get lost. And where did you go when you got lost before you had Google? Anybody? The petrol station. How many of you guys remember that? No matter where you are, you could pull into a petrol station. And, you know, they ask you nowadays, they ask you, are you doing window shopping or are you filling up? There they ask back then, it's like, can we help you? And you would say, yes. How do you get here? And they would say, let me show you. And then they will say, you go down this road, at the next robot, you go over. At the second robot, you turn right. And they would give you a Google Maps kind of detail of how to get from where you are to your destination. But you see, it all starts with a conversation. We go, hey man, can you help me quickly? And they go, yeah, let's talk. And one of the main conversations that we need to have as Christians needs to be one with our Heavenly Father. Because in this roadmap that we are on called life, a lot of things happen. And it doesn't matter what direction you are planning your life to head into. There's always going to be something that is going to deviate, take you off track, and at most parts get you lost. And so we need to be able to have a conversation with our Heavenly Father to get us to where we need to be. And this is what Paul is showing us In this letter that he writes to the Colossians. He starts it off. He opens the letter by telling people, Hey, I've been chatting to God about you. And I'm really excited. And as we draw to the end of the letter, As the letter closes, In everything he tells us how supreme God is. How we should act. How we should create. But wedged on either side of everything that he tells us is prayer. He starts off with prayer. And then he closes with prayer. Not only does he say, hey, this is how you should pray. But then he also goes, hey, will you pray for me as well? You see, Christianity is all about relationships. And it starts and grows when we say, let's talk. We need to have conversations with God. We need to talk to friends. We talk to friends. We talk to professionals. Can I ask that one person that we don't leave out of any of our conversations is and so what we're going to do today is we're going to have a talk. I'm going to have a talk with someone today that is going to teach us how to talk with our family. We're going to, with our God, with our King, with our Father. And um, we're going to try and make it as uh, lighthearted and easy as possible. So um, can I ask you, to help me welcome Lizette van Royen to the front, please. So, come on, Lizette, come join us over here. And I was, I was told to, to introduce her, um, like, that That intro wasn't enough. Uh, you, you may have a seat, Lizette. That, that, that intro wasn't enough. It is Lizette van Royen, wife of Emmanuel. <laughs> Fun, Royan. So, <laughs> I, I, you know what, we'll give you props, man. So um, for those who don't know, um, Emmanuel uh, was the young man that led us in worship this morning with the team, and this is his amazing wife, and let me sit down, because you're sitting down. And so I just want to give a, a little bit of background. Hey Lizette, how's it going? I'm doing well. I thought, so, so you guys can hear a voice before we get in. So, Lizette and Emmanuel, they are all about growing people, growing people in the relationship with Jesus. They have a Facebook page called Van Clan House, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Van Clan House. They have prayer meetings, they have Bible studies on it. So, if you want to grow, um, I think just afterwards, just chat to them, go and find them on Facebook. And man, it is one of the easiest ways to grow. But you also are parents of two young, amazing boys, Caleb and Jotham. Yes. Guys, if you want to hear someone greet you and just, like, when your heart melts, is go and find their kids and just go say hi. And, and their response is amazing. It, like, I wait for them to come out of school uh, because they go, Hey, Uncle Milo, and like, ah, and sort of, like, melt away and stuff like that. But, um... Our journey actually started at school together. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we didn't know each other. We just saw each other at school. And one day, Lizette asked someone at school if they would pray with her for the school. Yes. And that person said, no, but I can point you in the direction of someone that can <laughs> yes. and that will.
1: Yes.
0: And that is how you met Allison. That's
1: right, yes. And then
0: since that, how many years is that now already? Two? two years. Yeah. Two years. They've been pulling the walls of Jericho down by walking around our primary school, praying for the school every Thursday morning. That's correct. That is, that is insane. And that is how our journey as friends and eventually family started by Lizette going, we need to pray and Ali going, yes, I will. Yeah. It started with a conversation. And so we are going to have a conversation Today, because if you want advice on money, you go, you speak to someone that can handle money well. If you want to get healthy, you speak to someone that has the right mind, the right attitude, and eats properly, and trains properly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you want to pray, we should speak to people that have a lifestyle of praying. And that is the reason why I asked Lizette to join us today. So we've got a couple of... Um, We're just going to talk about the scripture and hopefully give everybody some practical ways in which we can help each other grow into a lifestyle of prayer and make it a habit. That's what we're going to do. So um, we just want to do a few um, not-so-deep questions. I just want to find out, uh, Lizette, you really famous. No. She didn't know I was going to ask her this. But not Not only do they have a Facebook page where they... Pray with people all across the world, but you have a slot on the radio.
1: That's great, yes. Yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, yes, it's a five-minute prayer slot. Um, oh, we talk about prayer, and that's on Radio Tigerberg, very Afrikaans. So it's on Tigerberg 104 FM every Sunday morning between 8:30 and 8:45. So it's a five-minute slot. In that 15 minute bracket, yes. So I just give a nugget on prayer and then we pray maybe an issue, um, in, not an issue in the church, but something that we know that we want to pray for as a church or how to pray um, and grow in your personal prayer life or if we can pray for the nation. So this month around, we're focusing on the topic of food security. So that is our theme for prayer this month on the prayer slot.
0: That's amazing. Come on, come on. But um, with that, being famous and all, you know, five minutes of fame, um, what is it that you actually do? What? what is, because this is also one of the reasons why we, we, we're having this conversation. Yes,
1: okay. I work with an organization called Jericho Wars Prayer Network. So we come alongside the church as to help the church to fulfill its calling to be hours of prayer for all nations. So that is where I connect if you want to put it that way. But what I do is to mobilize prayer, to get people excited about prayer, to invite people to really get on this adventure of prayer. Because many a times we think prayer is out there for the old lady or the old auntie, you know, but it's not that. Prayer is an adventure. So, yeah, before I get excited, that's what <laughs> well, I do.
0: Before she gets excited. But how many of you guys agree, you know, you normally find it in the elderly people, I can't say old, um, the, the more, those older than me that pray more, and we always look to them to be people of prayer, prayer warriors and stuff like that, and, and I'm glad you say it's not just yeah. for them, it's an adventure we go on, but I've got to ask, Um, What is the longest prayer meeting you've ever been involved with? 14 hours. 14 hours straight. Man, I don't know about you guys. I I had a a half an hour prayer meeting this morning of which I had to reset like four times. I'm like, Jesus, I need to stay awake. Please help me. I felt like the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. But, oh my gosh, 14 hours. uh, That's amazing. And, And you made it? Yes. Sure. Now, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. It's a, it's a question.
1: It's, it's, you, you need to push through like past the first four hours. Once you through there, you fly and you don't feel the time. Wow. So, yeah, you, you just need to get to that barrier. And once you break through there, you fly.
0: Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. So we are going to try and get coached to see how we can get to those Past four hours, so um, we're not going to pray for four hours right now. (laughs) (laughs) um, But what we're going to do is we're just going to take time, and we're going to just talk about the passage that we just read. Because, like I said, we want to create. We believe Paul is writing this letter to us as a church, and he's like, "This is how we create family. This is how we create the culture." And one of one of the main parts of the culture that we want to create is a culture of prayer, because. I want people to know that if I'm going through something, this is the family that I can speak to. These are people that I know will cover me, or God has given me a word, can I pray it over someone? We want to be those people. So um, these, what, what Paul models here is a life of prayer, so Lizette, basic simple question, why pray? Why is it important that Christians build a lifestyle and a habit of prayer? Because you know we can be Christians going through the world but we cannot pray as well yeah. we, we pray uh, you know when someone wants to eat quickly we pray when we're in trouble or when things go wrong or we want stuff but that is not what prayer is we need to develop a lifestyle of prayer Why?
1: why? it's our relationship with God first of all so when you have a relationship with God and it's active and it's growing you're gonna pray you would want to pray Then also it is to make sure that you're in right standing with God. Um, If you pray, it leads you to repentance. And that's the place where you say, I'm going to let go. And also the other thing is is to resist evil. We submit to God and we resist evil. And He has to flee. So the minute that you submit to God is in prayer. You bow your heart, you surrender. So yeah, that's in short.
0: That's in short. That's brilliant. Um, Because if we have a look... At the passage, the very first verse Paul throws and drops three major nuggets and it's based on relationship. And the first thing that I want to have a look at is, um, Paul starts with saying we must devote ourselves to prayer. Other translation says, you know, we need to be steadfast or continue earnestly in prayer. Break that down for us quickly.
1: Okay, the first thing that comes to mind is in Luke 18. Um, And this is the parable that Jesus himself taught us. And he said, he's going to speak about prayer so that we do not lose heart. So even in that passage, he says that we need to pray day and night. And he uses the example of a widow that went to an unrighteous judge. And because she kept on going to him, over and over again, this judge decided, I'm going to give her what she desires. And so our father invites us to come to him Over and over again, because in the same passage it says that he will do right unto us if we cry out to him day and night. So that's why we should just be devoted and not lose heart, don't stop.
0: Yeah, because it's it's easy to stop, you know, we think we pray once and we expect a result. But if you look back in the book of Daniel, when he was fasting and praying, it took months. And then the angel of the Lord came to me and said, I was held up. But because of your prayers, we broke through. Because one thing we have to make sure of is that if it doesn't come immediately, it doesn't mean God isn't responding. We just need to keep going. Because it's in the going that it also produces something different in us. Uh, One of the things that I like as well is it's not just you and Emmanuel that pray, but your two boys, you have also created this whole lifestyle of prayer. So I don't know about anybody over here who has tried to teach your kids to pray. I mean, my, my kids pray the same thing over and over and over, and it's not a bad thing. Um, but what are some ways that we can, for us, um, how do we put things in place so that we can create this habit of prayer, not only for ourselves, but what are some practical things that we can do to help our kids develop the life of prayer as well?
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, if you have young kids, kids copy what they see. Um, So involve them in your prayer time. Involve them in, let them hear how you pray. Let them hear how you speak to your father. And then also um, something that helps me and my kids, is to, to speak the same thing over and over again. So um, to speak a prayer of blessing over them at night when they go sleep. Even if it's the same verse that you speak over them every night, they will start repeating it after you. And then without them knowing, they have actually learned how to recite a portion of scripture. And that is what we want. We would like our kids to also learn the prayer language and to learn the Word of God and even in Deuteronomy six six, it says wherever you go, if you lie down, if you walk, wherever, make your children part of it so that they know the commandments of the Lord. So when we drive in the morning, that's our prayer time.
0: <laughs> so, so basically the easiest thing is to just do something over and over consistently. Um, Like I know a lot of us, we take our kids out. We're currently trying to teach our kids how to all ride a bicycle down a hill. So, you know, it's a constant thing of going out and doing it, not just telling them, but to show them as well. So in our prayer lives, for us to grow it, it's easiest to start with one thing and do it over and over. That's good. And if you are married, so that is for like someone single or someone trying to grow their own prayer life, but with your kids to just include them in it i think a lot of us try to get the kids to bed first and then think we're going to get into a time of prayer but that's normally just a quiet time for us to fall asleep so it's easier to get them to join you and it's going to take time
1: yeah and even if you want to grow as an individual i find it very easy to just pray the word off the page um, and if you can get your kids to also read a small portion, something that's easy for them to pray with, um, then that is also good.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Because I, I think everybody should walk around with a highlighter in their Bible so that when you get to something like that and, and you believe this is, could be a blessing that I want to speak over my family to highlight it in mm. a specific color mm. so that I can continue going over it and read it to my kids. so if they flipping through my Bible, they can find it as well. That's really cool. Um, so if we continue, so the first thing Paul goes, okay, devote yourself to prayer. Then the second thing he goes is, we need to be watchful in prayer. How, how do we remain watchful? Some translation says be vigilant. Um,
1: how do we do that? Okay. Um, watchful is basically being alert. If you go to the book of Habakkuk, Um, And even in the Old Testament, they speak of watchmen and they would be on a tower and they would look out um, to see whether an enemy is coming or whether there's a messenger and they would then um, inform the rest of the city. And the same is with us. When we present ourselves before God, it's basically we're saying God like Habakkuk. The verse that says, I stand my watch, I set myself on the rampart, to see what he will say to me. And then Habakkuk goes further and he says, and what I will answer when I'm corrected is to present ourselves before God and say, God, not just what is in my heart, but I want to see what is out there. I want to see what you are saying. And according to that is to pray. So that is being watchful. You alert, you on the lookout, You, you are ready to receive from him father what are you saying father what are you doing right now let me see let me see let me see and i want to pray according to it you're the most (laughs) excited person
0: i mean like i want to let's pray like come on oh that is so amazing because if, if i understand you correctly so watchful could be like we look for you guys that walk around the school you've seen something and go this is what we need to do let's start praying we could be anywhere in our workplace and go, hey, this is what we need in our workplace. Can we pray for that? It's basically saying our prayer life should never go on holiday.
1: Nope.
0: Because like <laughs> we go on holiday and when we become comfortable, we stop praying. Like I don't know about you guys. I I mean like we had family over visiting for the past two weeks, and it I really battled because they would stay late and I would normally pray in the evenings, and then like it load shedding would hit and we'd play games everybody's tired and we all go to bed and I'm like oh my gosh like three days later I haven't prayed it's like <laughs> we, when, whenever we become comfortable we stop praying so being watchful means it doesn't matter where we are it doesn't matter what season we're coming out or going into yeah. prayer doesn't go on holiday so, so we need to remain watchful I love it you make it so exciting <laughs> so um, devote yourself to prayer Be watchful. And then the third thing Paul mentions is the word thanksgiving. Yes. I mean, this is a big part which I believe a lot of Christians don't really understand. Mm. The word thanksgiving is where we come and we go, you know what, Lord, thank you. Uh, and, And the reason why I want to talk about this and why I believe it's so difficult, imagine your kids come to you and they say, thank you for something you've just bought them but immediately after they say oh thank you for this but can I get that I mean we've just got you this just be thankful and and I know God isn't like that but as humans we should be thankful and give God just thanksgiving prayers without having it become a petition prayer as well it just needs to be thanksgiving why is it so important and how do we make it a priority in our lives
1: Yeah, uh, thanksgiving can be seen two ways. Thanksgiving is just to give thanks unto God for what we've already received. But there's also the other portion of Thanksgiving. We thank Him for who He is because all life comes from Him. Everything whom we are, it it comes from Him. So we give thanks simply because of who He is. And um, if you want maybe a reference or just to get you started on that, If you look at the portions in the book of Revelation, where thanksgiving is in the throne room all the time. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. They ascribe greatness unto God. So when we give thanks, we ascribe greatness unto God. We exalt Him for who He is. We proclaim His greatness. We proclaim His majesty. We proclaim His authority in our lives. So that is thanksgiving for just who He is. And then if we have Psalm 103, that is for something that we have received from him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, for he has redeemed my life from destruction. You know, and he has healed me from all diseases. He restores my youth like that of an ego. So those are the things that gets us going. There are many Psalms that give thanks for he is good give thanks because His mercies are new every morning. So that is thanksgiving and just exalting His name be- before thinking of yourself.
0: I, I, I can see why you are the right person for the job that you are in. I mean, like, um, I, I don't think anybody in our family is as passionate as you are when it comes to prayer. So um, I love that. and And this is why I also am, am a big fan of highlighters, or pens in your Bible, you know, don't be scared to write in your Bible. When you come across a word that you believe ascribes greatness to God, mm-hmm. highlight it, circle it, and make a note next to it, or put a, a, a kind of a symbol next to it to say, this is it. Because we have, um, when we do Thanksgiving prayers, we have taught our kids to do the alphabet prayer. So it's the ABCs of praying. So you start at A, and like, what word can you use that describes God? So you can go like, and once again, we find for, for, if you read your Bible, you find these words in the Bible. But, so for me, it would be, Lord, you are Alpha and Omega in my life. You are the beginning. You are the end. Everything is found in you. If you don't read scripture, you start at A, and you go, Lord Why Jesus, you guess. are amazing. Mm-hmm. Can, can we make it that simple? And then we go, B, Lord, you bless me. You are, this is who you are. This is why I'm thankful. Or you could go, you are so big in my life. Uh, <laughs> We've got to see you are so caring. And, and we can run through it. And, and it be so simple as that. Um, we, w- when we are learning to get into the Word, start with stuff that you know. Things that you would use every day. Lord, you are faithful. But then we can find words within the Bible that we highlight and go, oh man, you are faithful because. Remember, wait, let me ask this. Who passed last week's challenge? All the men. Uh, I tried something last week. We had a challenge last week for all the men that are married, is to go around for seven days and tell your wife you love her, But you can't just stop at I love you. You have to add the word because at the back of it. And after because, you have to say why. And so what I did with my wife in the first day, I ran all seven days. I'm like, I love you because. And I listed seven things. And so, um, you know, I did it like four days after each other where I listed like four stuff. So we've got in the bank for the next couple of months. So I'm just checking. And we should do the same When it comes to being thankful and making thanksgiving prayers to God is you are this because of that. And if you want to see it in your life, I say, Lord, thank you for being so good because you are God. Faithful because you're carrying me through this and you've taken me through where I've come already. So don't just say the words. Fine, go a little bit deeper. I think that will help us grow into it and I believe this is a simple way that we can take it and develop it into becoming a habit so these are the three things that Paul starts off with watchful um, you have to be um, thanksgiving and what was the second one? Um,
1: be devoted, to be so have to devoted. Is, yeah.
0: you have to be devoted so he tells this to the Colossians but then he changes it as we go into the next verse things change a bit and he starts talking about will you pray for me and for the people that I'm with so that we can go out and you know, spread the gospel. There, there are, I believe there are three different conversations that we should have when we start a prayer life and we'll get to that later. But why do you think this change is so important to us as Christians where we go from declaring your goodness of God to Lord let's pray over people especially people in ministry. Actually, not just people in ministry, but people so that they can minister because Paul also writes in Ephesians that we equip people to do works of ministry. And here he changes it. Pray to God and I'll pray for people. Why is that change so important to us?
1: Prayer is that we are kingdom-minded. We don't just pray for ourselves. We don't just pray about our own relationships with God. Um, We we are kingdom-minded, what God is all about. Even when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that's within the first two lines of the, of the prayer. Our prayers should be kingdom-focused as well. So, And also with us being kingdom-focused is to get the gospel out. We want more people to know about this great God we want more people to know he is the true and living God so that is why I think it is important that we focus on that as well
0: I love that and and have you I, I, while you were just talking I was thinking have you guys ever played that game tag your are it as a kid or watch kids playing it so I think we should do that quickly look at someone quickly and find them and then in your mind go oh when you go home Lord I pray like I'm looking at Emmanuel I'm like Lord I pray that Emmanuel will be equipped in his conversation that he has with the next person that he encounters, will be able to speak to them about the goodness of Jesus. Or like you see someone that will normally, let me find a who's the shy ones over here? I see all the people at the back. I'm like, hey, Lord, maybe Debbie. I pray that, uh, you know, she's like, no, don't, don't, don't pick me. But let's, let, we should have these silent, tag your it kind of prayers where we, where we intentionally pray for someone wherever they go. So as they pop into your mind, it's like, Lord, bless them. But Father, give them bravery where they are. Give them boldness yes. so that the person that they encounter, may they bring or shine just a little bit of light that will, that will draw them closer to you. I mean, it's kind of an unfair prayer because you don't know who's setting you up. So, I mean, just like, just pray for them. I think that is a good one. That, that is just what I was thinking about right now. And I love what Paul does. And um, if you guys have a look at this, he doesn't write this letter to the pastor. He's writing this letter to the, the church. church. Yeah. Everybody. So, he's not saying, hey, pastor, pray for me. He's saying, hey, church, will you pray for me? And, and this should be something that we really see as very important in our lives. He doesn't believe that only those that have a position of leading churches have the ability to pray for people. He's going, if you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, you have the ability to pray for other people. And, and this got me thinking about having people around you that pray. So um, about a year ago, can you believe it's a year, Emmanuel? We, um, Emmanuel started a group with us in it called F4. So it's the four of us that if we have prayer requests, we put it in there and we pray for each other. Why is it so important that we have a prayer buddy, a prayer system, prayer groups? Why, why is it so important?
1: Matthew 18, 90. If Two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them. So if you have a prayer buddy and say, hey, listen, I have this matter in prayer. Can we just agree? Can we just ask the Lord for breakthrough? Can we just ask the Lord for his will? Can we just ask the Lord for what is on his heart?" So that is why it's important for us to just pray together. Because he hears. Any answer? <laughs> come on, come on.
0: Now, how, many, how many people um, just off your head do you have? Maybe just a, a quick figure. How many people do you currently just pray with? You you, and the family maybe.
1: How many groups, <laughs> prayer groups
0: do you guys have?
1: I can't even <laughs> tell you. And we just show sure. <laughs> i don't know it's, it's a, a lot. lot it's a lot it's do a lot. we
0: need to, do we all need to put up our hands and fingers you know i i love that let me let me ask does who over here has a prayer buddy just just quickly lift your hands prayer buddies okay it's going to be easier to say who doesn't have a prayer buddy now everybody feels okay quickly find someone find someone i'm being serious Find you know, Lizette and them go, we've got a couple of more open spaces. Look, they're already finding prayer buddies. Come on. There there is something amazing about having who of you guys have friends that you can just pick up and call and talk to about anything? Your tribe. Yeah. Like um I, I know my wife, when something good happens, she phones a mom. Hey, you know, I know My sisters, if something crazy happens, they phone us. You know, just to tell us, not to pray. They're like, hey, guess what happened? You won't believe. I took my car, flipped it off the N17 and landed on all four wheels. I'm going to do it again. You know, we've got friends that do that. We should also have friends in our lives that go, hey, I need your prayer for something. Um, And can I ask you, this is Paul, the great apostle that wrote a lot of books in the Bible, the majority of the New Testament has performed amazing miracles, done and seen exceptional things. He goes to people he has never met and goes, will you pray for me? Can I ask this? Don't just pray for each other. Pray for us leaders. Pray for your boss. Pray for your parents. As much as what we as leaders or anybody in a position of leading, whether it be work, church, anything, even family, pray for your husbands. Husbands, pray for your wives. When it comes to leading, we need people that will pray for us as well. So find a prayer, buddy. Pray. Yes. <laughs> fire it up, fire it up, fire it up. Okay. And then as we get to the end of the passage, verse 6, once again, it changes he starts talking about the way we interact with people. How does this tie in with prayer? So how does prayer help our conversations with other people?
1: Yeah. So um, prayer is the key to divine wisdom. God is the source of all wisdom. He is the God who is all wise. So if we want to know, how am I going to do this meeting with this person? How am I going to handle this difficult conversation with this person? How am I going to speak to this person with, without hurting their feelings, but bringing this message or urgent matter in my heart, the cross? So, yeah, like Milo said, now how to live your life before men? Using your time for God and being tactful. So when we get wisdom, we will know how to apply this in our lives and we will know how use it I've write, written something down so I just want to read it our speech to be seasoned with answers that will oppose sin and protect us from the corruption thereof. So um I have a saying I'm going to say it in Afrikaans don't come and talk to me about something that's gonna make me feel uneasy or unclean in Afrikaans I say you know I don't I don't want those things. So, wise conversations, holy conversations, gracious conversations. My desire is, if somebody was in conversation with me, that when they walk away, they must feel refreshed. They must feel like, oh, say, now, op my getrap, but you got me thinking. You know, I want somebody to walk away like they have just had a sip of the living water. Because wow. we... The living water gushes forth from us, so it should gush forth from our lips as well. So if you go or when you walk away, you should feel, hmm, I've had a sip of the living water. So when I'm done with a conversation, this is a question that we can ask, when I'm done with the conversation, did I leave something with the other person that is worthy of being kept in their memory? Sure. Can I repeat that? Go for it.
0: Wow. Pastor. No, I'm just kidding. Go for it. Read it again. No,
1: when I'm done with a conversation, did I leave something with the other person that is worthy of being kept in their memory? So, yeah.
0: That is, that is really amazing. So, practically, no matter, I, I know we're all going to have conversations once again with different kinds of people, family members that have rubbed us up the wrong way. Um, work colleagues and employers that don't see eye to eye with us on most things. Pastors that, that <laughs> want to talk to you about certain stuff. You know, we're always gonna have conversations. And this is why Paul goes, a conversation with God is really critical so that in that, while we're having a conversation with Him, it trains us to have conversations with other people. And so as, as we come to an end of this message, I've just got three things uh, that I want to have a look at because prayer is more than just going to God and, and complaining to Him. It's about actually talking to Him. Like I said at the beginning, there are three kinds of conversations that we will always have. There's a conversation when we pray. we will praying to God and just giving Him thanksgiving. We will pray to God and ask Him to look after us. Because we have wants, we have needs, and He knows what it is. But we need Him to pray. We need to pray to Him so that we can be strengthened in Him as well. But then the third conversation is God... Can we speak about someone else? And not in that, let's skinner about you, <laughs> Lord, I want to pray over Lizette. Whatever she's going through at this moment, will you bless her? Whatever she's going to do, will you guide her? Whatever she is facing now, will you strengthen her? Will you heal her? So there's always those three prayers, is praying to God, praying for us, and praying for man. And with that, I've... I've As I was reading through the passage, I found these three things stand out to me that, number one, prayer is a lifestyle, not a ritual. Yes. It has to become something that we do nonstop. Ritualistic means we pray because of something. Lifestyle means we pray because it's who we are. And so something that becomes a part of us, we talk to our Father and we have a conversation. So, number one, prayer needs to be a lifestyle. Number two, it's like what you said earlier, it requires us to become kingdom-minded because it always takes the focus off of us and puts it onto someone else. Can I challenge us to do this? What are you trusting God for in your life at this moment? What kind of breakthrough? What, it could be health, it could be finances, it could be new job opportunities. Can I ask, Can you redirect that prayer? I know God knows what you want. But can I ask, find someone else that is going for that prayer as well. And can we stand with them and pray over them? Because as we bless them and pray over them for what they're going through, I know for a fact God goes, my son, my daughter, because of that, not just because of that, I'm going to look after you as well. I believe in this. Give what you want and you'll get what you need. So pray over them what, they, what you want, and God will give you what you need. And this brings me to the, the, the third thing, because prayer changes us in essence. Because as we have a conversation with God, and we're going to a time of, hey, I need to speak to Alison and myself. We're having this issue. Oh, Lord, how do I deal with this? Will you please change her? He doesn't change her. He changes
1: me. Yes. <laughs>
0: because he goes, maybe she's going through something and you need to be sensitive. She doesn't know how to deal with it. And you go and it's like, God will highlight something. Maybe she just needs love. Maybe she just needs someone to carry her through a situation. Maybe you pushing back actually makes her push back even more and we go, hey, Sorry, I'm using you as an example because you're my wife and you're amazing. <laughs> and I love you because you are so awesome. And uh, there's another one in the bag. So <laughs> when, God, when we pray, God opens things up to us so that we can win the person and not the conversation. Yeah. And I believe that is what prayer is all about. Conversations are all about. It's not about winning an argument. It's about winning the person.
1: That's great.
0: And the more we pray the more we change. And I believe that it brings us to change in how we seek for things and how we approach God as well. So thank you, Lizette. That is really awesome. And what we're going to do is we're just going to, um, can we pray if that's okay?